Battle Sports. So we're going to give you our manager. It doesn't really work that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name it's on it. Not, it kind of does, though. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen and Ballard. Now, here are your hosts, Brock Eward and Mike Saul. Hello! Seahawks signed Draymond Jones yesterday, and it is already my favorite signing of the Pete Carroll, John Schneider era. I like it. It might not be perfect, but it was exactly what they needed to do yesterday. I really like this deal. A defensive lineman, their biggest position of need, and he fills it. He was one of the best available at that position. They clearly targeted him. The fact that they did it on day one of free agency is meaningful to me. It shows that they wanted to improve the biggest problem they had last year. Their defensive line was a mess. Their defense was not good enough last year, and the biggest reason why was their defensive line. On day one of free agency, the first opportunity they had to do something about it, they did. Doesn't that mean something? It means something to me. That's do business in a completely different way. We talked about this an hour ago. This is not the same Seahawks, right? The draft last year going after the best players available rather than, you know, the way they kind of worked around Russell Wilson, et cetera. We heard this from Pete, right? When we talked to him last week, remember talking through, well, you know, there's some things that we would do differently. And we kind of got into believing the hype and working around players' interests and needs. No more of that. They're doing what they need to do. They're building the team that they want to build. And I I love Pete and John in this mode. And I think what you saw in free agency yesterday is a fantastic description of it and a really good example. This is an honest-to-goodness commitment to improving the biggest weakness on their team in a market, by the way, where the commodity that they needed, defensive lineman, was scarce. That's the other thing that you got to remember here. They had to find defensive line help. Had to do it. You'd already cut. You've already cut uh, uh, Shelby Harris. You're not bringing back Collier. I don't think you're bringing back uh, uh, Puna Ford. Right? They, they've already like made a bunch of the moves on their defensive line to move on from guys, showing that they were unhappy with what they had last year. And oh, by the way, the free agency market was not littered with defensive linemen, and the draft after Jalen Carter is particularly light on interior defensive linemen. So what do you do? You identify one of the very few people available who does exactly what you need, and you sign them on day one of free agency. You don't mess around. You say, I need this commodity. And then you went and got it. I love it. Absolutely love what they did. And oh, by the way, 26 years old. Growth ahead of him, not behind him. And in no way should this prevent them from doing everything else that they need to do. They are loaded with flexibility right now. Wrote this yesterday. Seahawks are in the catbird seat. You sign Geno Smith, right? But it's a deal that's very flexible. So if you want to go draft a quarterback at number five, you can do it. If you want to draft a quarterback at 20, you can do it. If you want to draft a quarterback in the second round, or third round, or fourth round. You can do it. In fact, you're going to need one more quarterback. By the way, the Drew Locke situation may be looking positive if you want him back as Seahawk at short money because the best landing spot for him has been Tampa, and yesterday, or maybe it was this morning, they decided they were going to sign Taylor Heineke Mm -hmm. away from Washington. And they didn't give him a ton of money, but they gave him enough that I would be surprised, given their cat problems, if they're also going to sign Drew Locke. You don't trade away Shaq Mason, their pretty good guard, in order to sign Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. 
So that market for Drew Locke is shrinking. Probably good news if you're the Seahawks and you want him back because I think they really liked what they had from Drew Locke last year in his role. And so, okay, fine. That's probably good news as well. So you can do whatever you want at the quarterback position. If you want to go with the number five pick, at least now you've done something to, to, to try to change your defensive line. You don't feel like you have to draft Jalen Carter, right? We're going through this with Brock yesterday, and I was giving like the four ways you could fix your defensive line. And if you weren't going to do anything in free agency like this, the next option was try to do it in the draft, which meant probably Jalen Carter. Well, you don't have to do that now. If you want to draft a, a quarterback, you can. If you want to draft Will Anderson, you can. If you want to trade back because you think that there's more, great, you can do that too. Mm-hmm. All of those options are open to you. And oh, by the way, you can still draft Jalen Carter if you want to. If you think that's the secret to your success, you can absolutely do that. In fact, who wouldn't want to see two absolute studs on your defensive line who were game wreckers? Jalen Carter, who can move inside, outside. This kid certainly built like he can play both inside and outside. That is interior pass rush. You kidding me? That's how you build something special. That's what that's what I was going to ask you. Do you think this mm. acquisition of Draymond Jones is like this is where they steered the boat and they're going to go that way in the draft? I, now? I think I honestly and you? truly believe that we don't have a clue. Of course, I, and I and I don't mean that to 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 kind of get out of the answer. The Seahawks have put themselves in a position where they can do whatever they want, whoever they think is the best player, and whoever they think can help their team most. If they look at it and say, guys, Jalen Carter should be the number one overall pick. He's that kind of talented, and we've seen mock drafts with him at number one. The fact that he's here at five, we've checked into his background. We've checked into his maturity. We believe that we that there's not a problem there. If all those things happen and they draft Jalen Carter at number five, and as you just said, Justin, run towards their new strength and try to build it into the thing Pete wants it to be, which is defense, great. You can absolutely do that, and you've taken care of your quarterback position for the next couple years well enough that that is a possibility. If you decide, you know what, Anthony Richardson fell to us at number five. We thought he was going to go. This team passed. That team passed. And there is an opportunity to bring in a kid that we think is long-term going to be one of the best in the league. You can do that as well. Totally, totally possible that you can do that. Daniel Jeremiah saying yesterday that that's what some team should do. You're going to have to expend a top 10 pick to get any of these quarterbacks. So if I'm going to go buy a lottery ticket and they all cost a dollar, but one of them, the payout is $500 and the other one, the payout is $5 million, then shoot. If I'm going to be spending a top 10 pick, I want the one that if I hit, I could hit it big, big. And that's Richardson. So there you go. I, I kind I of that. understand that. Yeah. Okay. How could you right. Not? And then hearing uh, Dmax say it, like, how could you not pick Richardson at number five? Just because they come from a place where yeah, quarterback, quarterback purgatory. purgatory. Yeah. yeah. Like that's the way they think. So it's not the way Pete and John think. In my opinion, like that's the the feeling I get is they don't feel that. So I think that is that is another sort of interesting thing. By the way, I screwed it up. Heineken went to the Falcons. Sorry about that. I just messed that you up say this Tampa? morning. I did, and so that sort of invalidates my whole point. But don't worry about it. That wasn't all that important anyway. <laughs> It wasn't a particularly important point. We just move right past that. Main. I mean, it's some NFC South team. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Don't worry about the NFC South. It's just whatever. One C. Yeah. So if you decide that you want to go with a quarterback, you can do that now. 
If you decide you want to go with Jalen Carter, you can do that now. And if you decide that Will Anderson is just too darn good to pass up and he's going to be your outside linebacker, you can do that as well. The world is their oyster, man. They are in such an unbelievable position. It's not going to make it easy for us as we try to figure out what they're going to do at at number five. And do I wish they were at number four the way they could have been if Houston hadn't beaten the Colts on that day? Yeah, I do. That would be a little bit better. You'd be in just a little bit better spot. Sure. But yeah, though the the Seahawks have put themselves in a really really good spot in the draft. They got a lot to do still. They got to figure out you know what they're doing on the inside of their offensive line. Uh, we're starting to get some information now on the wide receiver market. By all accounts, Jacoby Myers, former Patriots receiver, was the top guy on the free agent market as a wide receiver. He gets thirty three million dollars, twenty one guaranteed over three years mm. to sign with the Raiders. So oh. not huge money. Not nothing, yeah. but not huge money. If Adam Thielen, who's older and not quite in the same class, is not going to cost even quite close to that, I would love to see that deal. That That is the guy that, for whatever reason, I think would be a very good fit here in Seattle. Good player, knows how to get open, right? Would be, I think, a very good complement to what they've got. So, yeah, I would uh, I would be very interested in in seeing somebody like Adam Thielen here as well. Because I think you need a little help still, and you're not very deep at wide receiver. So, yeah, you still have needs interior offensive line. I think you need another wide receiver. You still need more on your defense. And obviously linebacker is a gaping hole where you don't really have anybody right now. Could that be filled by the end of the day with Bobby Wagner? Yeah, it very well could be. So I think the Seahawks are doing everything right right now. Right. I I honestly do. I think they are building this the right way. You're not at Super Bowl contention level yet. But you made some moves, specifically what they did yesterday, that I think get them a step closer, and that is always the goal. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Well, it started off very quietly for the Seahawks yesterday, but then they got themselves busy late. Pete and John make one of the biggest splashes of their time here in Seattle. Former Broncos D-lineman Draymond Jones gets three years, $51.5 million, 23 and a half in year one, $35 million guaranteed over the first couple of years. We spoke to our buddy D-Mac from Denver. Here's what Draymond Jones does best. He's athletic, so he gives you um, a good inside pass rush. That's, that's definitely what he's best at, right? So that's the most exciting thing, that you, you get a pass rush from the inside that you most normally wouldn't get. And he's a, a solid run stopper. But listen, the guy's, the guy's great. He's definitely one of the best guys at his position that was available in free agency. Well, that's exactly what they needed to do. 26 years old, really emerged in Denver over the last couple of years. Interior pass rusher, as you heard, something that they have lacked and really looked for for a long time. Uh, and can stuff the run, can penetrate and get into the backfield. So uh, nothing really not to like about this deal. Maybe they overpaid a little bit, and we heard that from DMAC, but certainly not by enough to make you worried about what they did. So great, great start for the Seahawks and maybe uh, a linebacker is next. We'll see Edward are saying that Bobby Wagner is interested in both the Seahawks and the Cowboys. So maybe they're able to get something done for their former captain. Uh, a couple other deals that impact them yesterday. Last year, starter middle linebacker, Cody Barton, he gone. He signs a one-year deal in Washington. No word yet on who offered to drive him to the airport or how many people uh, more frustrating. <laughs> top defensive lineman, Javon Hargrave signs a big deal in San Francisco. Look, I didn't think he was coming to Seattle, but I didn't really need him to go to San Francisco and make that defensive line even better. 
Here's the second thing you need to know. Jared Kelnick is just doing everything right. Everything. Every game you either watch or take a look at the box score afterwards, it's like, oh, look what Kelnick did. Yesterday, it was two more hits, a stolen base, came around to score a run. He just keeps showing that he, you know, what he's capable of being. Doesn't mean he's going to do it in the regular season. I know to temper my expectations, but the number of skills he possesses is why the Mariners traded for him, why he was ranked in the top five, why they brought him to the big leagues as young as they did, and why they continue to be patient with him, because he can do everything. He can hit for power. He has speed. He's got defense. He's got a good arm. And if he's able to get the mind right and put all those things together in the regular season, you're looking at a star player. Maybe he's never going to achieve what he was originally expected to. Maybe the batting average will never be there for him. I don't know. We'll see how all these rule changes end up affecting him. But the talent, oh, it is so spectacular. And at 23 years of age, you're going to continue to ride this out for at least a little while longer. Meanwhile, Robbie Ray got another start this spring. It was pretty darn nasty. 3-2. Swing and a miss. He gets it by him. Strikes out the side. Robbie Ray with six punch outs. He's slicing and dicing the top of the Angels order. We're through three. We head to the fourth. Yeah, 28 pitches, three innings, gave up just one run. And again, Robbie Ray, very good last year. But if he was even better, if he had a bounce back year looking closer to his Cy Young self, oh, that would be pretty nice, right? Because there are going to be people who regress this year. You know that's going to happen. Some injuries, regression, etc. So if you were to get more from Kelnick, if you were to get more from Robbie Ray, that would be pretty tremendous. And eventually you're going to get something from this kid, young 20-year-old Harry Ford. Harry Ford, left field and deep, and Harry Ford has gone out of here. Great Britain stretches the lead. My goodness. There's a phrase I bet you never thought you'd hear regarding baseball. Great Britain stretches the lead, but it was a second three-run shot for uh, the 20-year-old Mariners top prospect, second of the WBC, and uh, keyed his nation's first victory in the tournament. How about that? Pretty cool. Uh, the only bad news yesterday, and we'll hear more about it at 9 o'clock from Shannon Dreyer, J.P. Crawford, a soggy, uh, soggy shoulder. like to know a little Don't bit more about what that means, that. so we will hear more from Shannon at 9 o'clock. Here's the third thing you need to know. I don't want to spend much time on it because it was that bad, but the Kraken were that bad last night. They were awful. Goaltending bad, scoring bad, special teams bad, puck control bad, turnovers bad. Bad night. And they lose appropriately 5-2 to Dallas at home. Second loss in a row to the Stars. Now, they're a good team. First place in the Central, but you're supposed to be a good team, too, and you did not look at last night. They're off until Thursday when they head to San Jose. Hopefully a get-right game, which is uh, what they need right now. It's everything you need to know. And we do that quarter past every hour here on the new Brock and Salk show. Brady Henderson's going to sit in the entire eight o'clock hour. Awesome. That's ever mentioned that. No, I don't think so. Yeah, we're going to have Brady uh, come by from his boat and uh, he will uh, sit in Welcome here with in, me uh, for by. an hour. Yeah, he lives very nearby. Uh, Morris sent an email last night and said maybe we can have some, some, some fun with yes. the legal tampering period that felt like a roller coaster. She says, and we know where this is going, maybe one word or phrase to describe our reactions to some of the free agency signings. One word or phrase. One word or phrase. Like, huh. Huh. I wonder on. if we should uh, yeah, maybe no. change that into, like, maybe you could pick this a song is, that oh, describes is, uh, how you feel oh, about you what, you know, this is, is happening. This is actually kind tampering. of a big deal. Like, I might just leave before the show's <laughs> over today. 
you guys completely hijacked. Hold on. That I came Salk, up with do you have and a, just turned it into a second ranked? Salk, do you have a song? Didn't even ask me to participate in any. Like I'm. You're just, welcome to. You took it. my segment, made it your segment, and now I'm not even involved. You are welcome. <laughs> You're involved to bring any You're here. Of these songs up. You like? Do you have a song that describes how you feel about the Draymond Jones? Oh, at, as a matter of fact, Justin, I'm glad you asked because I, I did do uh, some thinking about this yesterday, uh-huh. and I feel like the one that uh, fits this signing best for me would be this. Slick and Jefferson Airplane turn into Starship over the years. It really is one of it's like the opposite of the Brendan Fraser thing from yesterday. It's like Brandon <laughs> Fraser's career in reverse, but um nothing's gonna stop us now. They're Moore, building you, it together. This is perfect. I love what they did. Moore, I'll never agree? forgive Brock for leaving me alone mm. with you two today. Well, I mean, it was a good idea. I feel like you're you, more how would you describe? Your reaction to the Draymond Jones thing. We can go, we can try it your way. Did you yeah. have a word or a phrase that was really jumping out to you once you heard the news? I don't want to talk to you guys. Oh, <laughs> sad, Mora. Oh, my God. She looks legitimately I'm sad so now. excited about it. Wow. All right. Did you have one, Justin? Um, I, I do. I Now, I'm of course, I'm having an impossible time of finding it oh. at this very second. All right. Uh, well, is it me because there's way too much music in <laughs> that's there? That's definitely not the sound. Couldn't that's be the case. Also been working on ranked? No, couldn't that's be not. That. Couldn't, couldn't possibly have anything to do how, with how that. How about everything, since we just talked to DMAC, how about everything that the Broncos did? Okay. Did you have, did you have a... I think I did. Yeah, hit me. Hit me. Right Credit oh, card you're doing analogy. Air guitar now? Yeah, you know what? Diamond Head kind of does that for me, man. I, for those who don't, know, for those that don't know Diamond Head, if you like Megadeth Metallica, or Metallica, yeah. If you like, especially if you like old Megadeth, go listen to Diamond Head. It is like you can see exactly what they were listening to when they wrote all those early songs, all the quick changes, all the stuff they did. It's a straight line. Gosh, it is. I mean, it is almost the same thing. So We could I, do this all day. I do think the Broncos might be living on borrowed time with some of what they did. But I will say, I promised you I would do this at 730. As I was stewing yesterday afternoon, angry that the Seahawks were so quiet while the rest of the league was busy, I put pen to paper. I put keys to keyboard. And it made me realize how my how my thoughts have evolved over the last few years. I'll tell you about it and why I love what they did next. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Every year, every year, watch the first day of free agency, the first couple of days of free agency, and every year I come in here and I make the same point. So for old Brock and Salk listeners, you will not be surprised to hear me talk about the beginning of this segment. However, 
I will admit that I've been changing my tune. So this is what I wrote yesterday as I was sitting around thinking and being annoyed at the Seahawks for not doing much before they ended up signing Draymond Green, which was or Draymond Jones, excuse me, which is incredibly exciting. And uh, I really, really, really like what they did. But here's what I wrote. It's fun to run up a huge credit card bill. And all of your friends are impressed at the stuff you have, right? Then you can take out more cards and shuffle the debt from one to the next. Eventually, though, you have to pay the piper, and it can ruin decades of your life. I talk about that virtually every year when we bring up free agency. Yeah, you can spend all that money now. You can always run up credit card debt. If you're not making enough money and you want to buy the same nice clothes, go to the same nice dinners, eat at the same nice restaurants, all those. If you want to do everything your rich friends are doing, you can do it when you're young. You can do it in your 20s. You can can live beyond your means. You can run up a credit card bill, right? Let's say your first one is $10,000 limit. You can max that sucker out. And when you don't have enough money to pay for it, guess what you do? Get another one. Right? Oh, I had a Visa card. Now I got a MasterCard. Cool. And you can run that one up to $10,000 as well. And another one. Okay, now you got three, $30,000 in debt. No, by the way, it's at 18% interest because credit cards don't exactly help you out, right? It's not like taking out a home loan at 7 or 8% right now, which is a lot, but okay. Nope. All of a sudden, you're paying 18%. That money's going to eventually have to get paid, right? And so decades later, however long it takes them to figure out that you are a problem, you're going to have to pay it back or you're going to have to declare bankruptcy. And then when you're in your 30s and you've calmed down and you've realized that what you were doing in your 20s was not a great idea, good luck buying your first house. Good luck getting your first loan. Good luck getting a car loan. Like all those things become more and more challenging and it can legitimately affect your life. Ruin your life. That might be a little strong. But it can legitimately make your life challenging because of major mistakes that you made in your 20s trying to outlive your means. And for a long time, I made that comparison for NFL teams. Here's the thing. I was about to be like, you've tuned into investment banking with Mike Salk. the thing. (laughs) The ride in your 20s, pretty fun. Real fun, right? You get to go to all the fancy places you want to go. And unfortunately, in life... The penalty for that is severe. But in the NFL, the ride is fun also, right? You get to bring in all these fun players like the Rams did over the last few years. But the penalty, it's not nearly as serious in the NFL as it is in life. It doesn't stick with you forever. You might spend a year or two cutting good players and trading away assets. There might be some time where you're in NFL cap purgatory and that stinks, But it doesn't ruin your life. You deal with it for a year or two, and then you bounce back and move on. It doesn't go on forever the way your credit score lives with you for decades. It's like a year or two. And if the ride is good enough leading up to that year or two, who cares? We were talking about this with the Rams yesterday. I like what the Rams did during their time. They spent... I don't know whether I would have necessarily traded away as many draft assets as they did, but you know what? They were all in. They went to two Super Bowls. They won one. And who knows what would have happened last year if indeed they, you know, everybody hadn't gotten hurt. Now, yeah, you're in cap hell and you got to cut Floyd and you're trying to trade Stafford and you've already traded Jalen Ramsey and they cut Bobby Wagner and there'll probably be more. 
and then they'll start over. They're not going to pay the price for that for years to come. They'll just start over. And you can do that very quickly in the NFL with just a couple of assets. The next thing you know, you're right back in the middle of it, especially if you've got a if you've got a good uh, coach and a good GM and good ownership. By the way, the Rams have all of those things. So the more I think about it, the more I believe that the credit card analogy is not as good as I once thought it was. There's some truth to it. By the way, I'm being called an elitist. Credit card at only 18%. Try 24 to 25. Okay. Sorry. I'm the guy who pays my credit card off every month. It's a number. I don't, I, believe, I do in, I I don't yeah. believe in credit card. I debt. can't carry that over. I can't do it. I can't That's do what it. I say is like, I can't live as an imposter with somebody with $10,000 credit card there, debt. There's nothing. I just can't do it. I can't in any way justify 25%. It was probably 18% a few years ago, though, before everything kind of popped up with all the, with all the uh, interest rates. But I can't, I can't do it. I don't, I don't want to live like that. I use my credit card for everything, and then I pay it off at the end of the month just so I don't have to use cash. But I have to do that, and I've always done that. Even when I had no money, I did that. Even in 2007, I think I've told you guys this before, when I made $17,500, paid my credit card debt at the end of every month, I just spent very little. Can I ask I have a question, then. Yes. So in this, in, in, in this analogy of putting everything on the credit card, mm-hmm. winning a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. Is there an equivalent for the human being? There's no Super Bowl for you. It's only bad. Well, no. I, I guess the point, though, is you have a lot of fun in your 20s. That's true. Right? That I traveled Bowls, Europe, yeah. and I you yeah. know, went to fancy clubs and first parties. class. And, right. Yeah. I mean, like you can do all that, and those life experiences don't go away. Sure, they add up. Those yeah. memories are there with you forever, just like winning the Super Bowl was. It's your version of winning the Super Bowl. I mean, nothing's a direct comp. But, you know. Yeah. I know. I've, I've once been told it's just money, man. You can't take it with you. Right? Exactly. Now, you know, there's a balancing act in life of how much fun do I want to have now and what is it going to affect me? How much how much uh, am I going to have to repay that later sure. by not having fun? I think those are re- very real concerns when you're a human being living your life. And we all have sort of different degrees of risk that we're willing to tolerate. In my case, it's not that high when it comes to to borrowing money like that. But in the NFL, I get the Seahawks approach to sustainability and what they've done for a long time. I do think it makes some sense. But the NFL requires star power, right? You got to hit on your draft picks and all that. That's important. We know that. And that's been incredibly helpful for the Seahawks in the last year or two. But you also need some guys who can just come in and play. And for the first time here in the Pete Carroll era, I was disappointed yesterday as they were sitting out the first wave of free agency. And if it had just been bringing back Bobby Wagner, which hasn't happened yet, I would have said no good. Don't like it. It was time to do more. I don't mean go all in and say we're doing everything and sacrificing all of our future and forget our draft picks. We're on the verge of a championship. You're not. You're still in building mode for probably another year. Okay. But... I was getting real annoyed watching the Broncos spend money. I was getting real annoyed watching Miami get some of the same types of players the Seahawks needed. And I was starting to wonder, is the salary cap a myth? Well, it's not a myth. You do eventually need to pay the piper. You're seeing it in New Orleans. You're seeing it in Tampa. You're seeing it in L.A. You do eventually need to pay the piper of the NFL salary cap, but not for that long. And that's the difference between the cap and real life. It doesn't stick with you. And so if you find the right time to really go for it, spend money in free agency, 
trade draft picks for players that can help you win, you can make it worthwhile. You can make it worth. What, what's the phrase? The juice is worth the squeeze? Yeah, the juice is worth the squeeze. It, it, it makes the juice worth the squeeze because the squeeze isn't for that long or it's, and it's not that horrible. Not like in life. Not like borrowing from a loan shark where the squeeze is they break your legs, right? The NFL yes. salary cap is like, eh, you're going to have a year where you got to cut some good players. But here, the only way it's worth the squeeze is if you win the Super Bowl, right? Well, I don't know. I mean, if you're a legitimate, yes. I mean, yes, ultimately, you're right. But otherwise, you just keep starting that process over and over again, and you never get the But there's only a few juice. teams every year that are truly competing for the Super Bowl. And if you're one of them, it's probably worth it. I know you'll be frustrated long term. But putting yourself in position to win Super Bowls, to me, makes it worth it. And if you don't win it, maybe it's because you didn't go far enough all in in order to make it happen. Maybe one more player would have gotten it done. Yeah, well, I think you could start to go further in this year, and it could still take till next year. Yes. But you can, yeah, the debt won't be collected by then. I think you've got <laughs> to decide whether or not you've process. got a quarterback who's good enough to make that worth it, right? But but d- jumping in with a couple of feet just to, to get a defensive lineman is not something to be afraid of. It's something I think that makes perfect sense. The risk-reward works in the Seahawks' favor in this case. So, again, I really like what they did yesterday. I do think it represents a bit of a change of thinking. Not entirely. I don't mean they've turned to 180, nor do I think they needed to. But I think over the last year or so, since trading Russell Wilson, you're seeing them freed up to act differently to behave differently, to spend differently. And when you've got a team-friendly quarterback contract, you've got two tackles that are on rookie deals. By the way, tackles are not cheap. You've got a DK Metcalf in his prime, a Tyler Lockett that is only going to be around for so much longer, and you need some serious help on defense. God, how do you not love what they did yesterday? Now I just want them to add to it. If there is any way to trade the number 20 pick for an established game wrecker up front on defense, I want them to do it. Oh, okay. I've said this. This is not new. I talked about it with Max Crosby. I'll talk about it with Vita Vea. And there's probably plenty of other players like that that I don't know enough about because that's not really my thing. Right, I don't spend the day scouring the NFL's defensive line charts to know who's out there. But if there is a player that John has identified who is in that category, I would love to see them do it. I think you got to use the number five pick on a fantastic young player who's going to help you down the line. But you are in a unique position with an extra first-round pick and having that number 20 pick. And again, I'll go back to what Philly did last year when they traded number 18, similar value, and got A.J. Brown. I want to see the Seahawks do something similar. Not necessarily a wide receiver like A.J. Brown, but a defensive line? Yep, sold. Is A.J. Brown worth similarly to worth a similar amount to Vita Vea? I would think so. I don't fully understand NFL value because it seems like it is so positionally based and it just it confuses me in a way that I, I just I understand the way baseball values players a lot better. But I would think that that's somewhat equivalent. Would you not love to see them make that deal rather than taking a risk? Yeah, you got to pay for it, but so what? Over the next few years, you should be going for it. So, okay, pay for Vita Vea. Great. 
I'll take that over a risk at number 20, especially when we've seen them trade out of that part of the draft so many times and then end up with LJ Colliers and Malik McDowell's and mm-hmm. stuff like, dude, I'm fine with, with taking the number 20 pick and acquiring a player that you love, that you know is going to be good. And that specifically would it, can you imagine that? Imagine you decide, by the way, and I'm not even opposed to this. Here's here. How about this team? Number five pick. Jalen Carter, number 20 pick, trade it for Vita Vea. Add in Draymond Jones. Anybody like that defensive line better than what you had last year? You better. I do. Okay. Second round pick, Hendon Hooker, prepare for your future. Or not. First, second round pick, you decide to spend it on Jackson Smith and Jigba if he's still there. You like that? Or center. What's the kid's name? Smith something? Okay. I mean, like, there are so many ways to make this team better than it already is, and I want them to be great. That's why I like that, doing something like that. Jalen Carter, Draymond Jones, Vita Vea, let's go. Don't mess around. You want to go compete with San Francisco with their defensive line? You got to build one that looks similar. Or, I mean, I don't mean the same types of players, but the same kind of talent. Right, you have to be competitive. Well, that is a defensive line that the rest of your division, the rest of the league is going to have to take note of because it could be dominant. And it comes with a quarterback that played well last year and two young tackles and DK Metcalf and a young uh, running back. I mean, there's a lot of things to like there. All of a sudden, your new superstar uh, corner and your safeties that you've paid a lot of money for look a whole lot better because they've got a lot of help up front. And maybe Boye Mafe grows into it. And maybe, right? I mean, now all of a sudden, your team looks pretty darn good. Maybe you sign Leonard Floyd to play the other outside linebacker spot. You like that team? I do. I like that team. And you can do all of those things. I guess I don't know that you can trade for Vita Vea. That's the one thing I don't know about. But all the other parts of that. I can say for sure that it would just take pick 20. Okay. I don't know. But all of those other things are certainly in the realm of possible. And yeah. if you could find a way to get a Vita Vea-like player on your defensive line with that number 20 pick, look out. Because all of a sudden, you launch yourself right back into the realm of being in contention. Let's do some Blue 88. This is Brock and Sox Blue 88. Blue 88! Blue 88! We take you to the field as Brock Ewart breaks down three football questions as only he can. Now here's your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. All right, as usual, uh, with Brock out, going to try to use some sound to help answer some Blue 88 questions. And then our own uh, our buddy, Brady Henderson, not our own anymore, but Brady's going to join us at 8 o'clock for a full hour talking through the Seahawks free agency, the draft upcoming, and everything that's going on with the Hawks. So uh, Brady will be here in about 15 minutes. Let's start here. Who's going to be the number one pick? We know Carolina traded up to get it. They control the draft board. But who's it going to be? Shio Kapadia uh, yesterday on with, I believe, Bump and Stacey. My gut says C.J. Stroud is going to be the guy just because he is sort of the quarterback quarterback in this class. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's a drop-back passer, can operate from the pocket, can process, has the big arm, has the size, has all those things. So I think they'll look at him and be like, all right, he fits uh, everything we want from a quarterback. Yeah, so that's one point of view. We also uh, read yesterday some reports saying that the Panthers are split between C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson and that the owner 
is interested in one and the quarter and the coach rather is interested in another. Be interesting to see how that plays out here over the course of the next few weeks. They don't need to make a decision today. But I do like what Daniel Jeremiah had to say. We played you the sound earlier. If you're going to be taking a lottery ticket, don't you want it to pay off big? Right? If you're going to play the lottery, do you play the lottery to win 10 grand or do you pay the play the lottery to win 75 million? He definitely kind of swayed me with that argument. It's a pretty good argument. <laughs> like the other, like drafting for for high floor is great in another spot, but in the top five at number one, if you're going to bother to trade all the way up to number one, don't you want a superstar? And as much as I think I like both Stroud and Bryce Young, I don't know whether either screams potential superstar to me right now. The other kid, Richardson, he might be a total bust. It might ruin your life. But if it works out, <laughs> right? I mean, that, that. I mean, if you're going to gamble. Sounds like me playing pull tabs. <laughs> <laughs> the other cut that I rolled in, Joel Klatt was like comparing him to a Rubik's Cube. And he said he's like. Yeah, I have 20. that here. Hold on. Here, I'll play you. Here's Joel Klatt. He's got the ability to be one of, if not the best player in the NFL, just because of his ridiculous traits. Now, the problem is, is that he's about 27 turns behind Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, if you're talking about the Rubik's Cube. So it's going to take a long time, and you're going to have to turn that Rubik's Cube quite a few times. But Richardson, to me, like, if you can figure him out, man, like, it's... I don't, I've never seen anything like it, to be honest with you. I mean, he, he harkens back to, like, Michael Vick traits in a lot of ways, but but it's a little different than that. Well, and the league is a little different That's than when feeling. Michael Vick was here, right? Yeah. If Michael Vick showed up in this NFL, they would know how to use him. He wouldn't be the same kind of coach killer that he was then because nobody knew what to do with a quarterback who played like him then. Now, tons of coaches who are creative enough to use a Michael Vick-like character I don't know. It's a hard sell. I heard sell. that as like Michael Vick, but better. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty, pretty darn tempting. So we'll see where this goes. But uh, again, I heard D-Mac tell us, you, oh, why did you get Anthony Richardson at number five? I don't think he's going to be available. Question number two. So the other thing going on in the NFL right now, while free agency is uh, the buzz, is all the rule changes that are being proposed by the various teams. So they propose changes to uh, to the rules, and they go to the competition committee, and eventually they'll start to vote on some of these. So there were some interesting ones. Uh, as I'm sure you know, I was very intrigued by the Philadelphia Eagles proposing a change that would allow the use of the number zero. Mm. I like that. Now, not That's for the most intriguing to you. Not for offensive linemen, Mora, because that would just be gross. Of course. <laughs> Nobody's zero wouldn't be bad. But putting zero in the backfield? Putting zero, like, at safety? Linebacker? Edge rusher? Yeah, I'm intrigued. I like that. I like the idea of putting some zeros out there. And quite frankly, I'd like to see double zero out there for nose tackles. That's what I want. But it should only be used for nose tackles. Nobody else should be allowed to wear double zero. Either you play nose tackle or you don't get to wear double zero. End of story. Zero, a little bit more flexible. So I like that. <laughs> uh, the Chargers had a proposal where wildcard teams would be seated higher than division champions. 
in the playoffs if the wildcard team had four or more wins than the division champion. I like that rule. Oh, yeah. I have no problems with seven and nine or now seven and ten teams getting into the playoffs. No issues with it once whatsoever. I don't think they should host no. playoff games. And I thought the same thing when the Seahawks had the advantage there. The they went seven and nine, and it worked out to their favor, obviously. I don't think you should go back and strip away the fun. But if you have four more wins than some cheesy division champion because their division stinks, mm-hmm. I do think that you should not have to go on the road to play that team. Under yeah. this rule, that would have worked for the, the Cowboys last year right. for the Bucks. Yeah, I, I, I think that's how it should be. I don't think that you should be punished based on your division or rewarded either. If you make the playoffs, great. I mean, you got to give the division champion his spot. But I don't think that they need to also get the higher seating. And then uh, the other one that I really like, I like all these, by the way, so far, is uh, the proposal again by the Eagles to do what the XFL does, fourth and 20. Instead of an onside kick, you have the option to take the ball fourth and 20 from your own 20. And if you can convert that, the XFL is fourth and 15, right? I think this is better. Fourth and 15 in the NFL is too easy to convert. Honestly, the quarterbacks are just so freaking good that fourth and 15 is pretty convertible. But fourth and 20, hard enough and yet still probably easier than the modern onside kick. I love it. And they should absolutely take that. I hope they do. I think that would be a lot of fun. So there you go. That is uh, question number two. And for number three, uh, why aren't the Seahawks going after any of these linebackers? We saw some of the better linebackers out there disappear yesterday to various other teams. Bob Condota, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, Bob Condota was on yesterday speaking to the Bobby Wagner situation. Yeah, I mean, right now, I think it's probably the Cowboys or the Seahawks. I, I think there is interest in, in both in both the Seahawks and, and from Bobby, a reunion there. But it's not going to be for $18 million, but with, you know, that they were paying Bobby before. And, and I think there is kind of sense sensitivity i guess over how, how does he come back you know you sort of moved on a little bit in terms of his in terms of him being the leader of the defense and things like that and i, I think you know last year you kind of reestablished or established some new leaders on defense and just kind of in the locker room in general with both bobby and russell wilson not being there anymore and you know obviously i, I think they they felt like that went pretty well and going nine and eight a lot of the young guys come, kind of step into the floor and so if you bring bobby back how does that influence everything yeah i, I think he's probably right about all of that why haven't they made a move yet well, some of it is they're probably waiting on Bobby, and some of it is, do you think all these other linebackers were desperate to come to Seattle given the defensive line that was going to be in front of them? I'm guessing not so much. Linebackers realize just how dependent they are on the guys in front. They look at that stuff. It's one of the reasons Bobby decided to go to L.A. last year. I don't think the Seahawks had much to offer. That changes a little bit with the signing of Draymond Jones yesterday. All right, there you go. That is today's Blue 88. No Brock. So uh, using some sound to try to get through that. Uh, Don't worry, though. If you need some actual football expertise, our next guest has it in spades. He's going to join us for a full hour in studio. A newly minted member of an exclusive club joins us next. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com.